Welcome to Cosmic Roadmap. I'm your host, Melissa Lambor, Reiki Astro Geo Guide and author. I support endless wanderers with where they are meant to be in the world. This podcast is for the digital nomad, the avid traveler, and aspiring globetrotter who is seeking their next destination on planet Earth. Join us as we venture around the world through people's stories and how astrogeography has connected them to their planetary energies and purpose. My special guest today is Dr. Sandra Lewis. She is a clinical psychologist and personal energy strategist, helping high-achieving women transform burnout, emotional overload, and self-doubt into sustainable, purpose-driven leadership, confidence, and fulfillment. She supports women to make the impact they feel called to make in our world. Dr. Sandra has extensive clinical and consulting experience, as well as certifications in yoga nidra, qigong, and mindfulness. She has a unique ability to blend evidence-based research and ancient wisdom science into practical strategies to elevate well-being and effectiveness. She is author of Life in Four-Part Harmony. Get everything in your life to work with everything else in your life. So welcome. We met through a mutual friend, Nancy Morant, who is amazing. She actually helped me through my my travels in Egypt. And even when I was in Egypt, you sent her an email right along the the time that it was the Lions, the Lions Gate. And it was it was amazing because there was that connection with the the Dagon tribe and everything that we had talked about in our session. So how has your life been since then, uh, since our Astro Geo session? Oh, great. I, I, I think our session opened my eyes to a few things, like sort of encouraged me to explore some things that I hadn't thought about or to see some connections that I hadn't really made. So I mean, you mentioned the Dogon tribe because, yeah, that was one of the things that I've always been fascinated by the Dogon. I mean, I think since college, really. And in our session, one of the things I learned was that my Venus is in Zenith right around that same area of the world. Right. So, you know, I think since this session, one of the things I've been doing is just looking at the ways in which my life has always sort of pulled me towards things from places in in the world and how those places that I've been, why they might've resonated with me. Like I sort of got a deeper understanding of, Oh, why they, this is why I was drawn to this. This is part of the reason that I was drawn here. So, yeah. I love that. And you did have your Venus MC there, which is related to the future, the career, but this was 20 years back. So it's interesting that you still have this deep connection and remembrance. And what led you to Mali and that that place of Africa? Yeah, I used to take a trip to the continent of Africa every year. So I went to lots of places. And I think since a college student, I started studying different African traditions. And By the time I went to Mali, I'd learned a little bit about the Dogon and this concept of what's called nomo. Mm -hmm. Many people talk about it as the power of the spoken word, but it's really about the power of the word to manifest things. And this nomo energy is really a dual sort of like almost like yin and yang kind of energy, Mm -hmm. similar to that. 
But the culture is so rich in deep knowledge of the cosmology. This is a group of people who had maps, you know, cosmological maps and did not have telescopes. So how is some small ethnic group, you know, some group in a small part of Mali up in the hills have this knowledge and they have a very deep knowledge of the star Sirius. So I was interested in them. I mean, we were, that was one of the reasons we went there. Oh, let's see what it's like. So when I went and we stood there and we, you know, we're up high in a mountain, but we found this little place where there was like a stream of water coming out somehow through the mountain and out where you could just drink the water, right? We saw people walking and then we witnessed these doors that they put on their homes that we, you can see them sometimes in museums. I don't know, maybe somebody sells the door, but they're, they literally have like these stories to tell on them. So it was just to be close to this group of people who have this deep knowledge of the universe and stars and how things work. And they're in this little part of Africa that hardly anybody knows about, right? Like it's, you literally have to go to the main town. There's one hotel. At at least at that time, you stayed in that hotel and then you had to take a bus. You had to drive the rest of the way to get to their their homeland. And it was up high in the mountain. And then you had to walk down these hills and trails to actually get into a village. So it wasn't it's not like it was like this easy place to get to. But the richness of it is what draws you to it. And. Being able to just stand there and be in the midst of people who have, for generations, thousands of years, had this deep knowledge about how the universe works was magical. So it wasn't until my session with you that I started reading about, you know, what this Venus MC line is about, that I was like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I was experiencing when I was standing there. I was like, yeah, I get that. That was that was really my experience. So yeah, that was that was what took me there. And just, you know, being a person of African descent and not really in America, mm-hmm. not really having had access to your cultural heritage was what drew me to the African continent. So I, I went somewhere every year for a long time, every year, somewhere. Yeah, that's beautiful. And and we spoke about your connection to Burkina Faso and also this this book that you give away to to your clients and to people <laughs> and to people that, that you yeah. that you bump into. And is that is that related to the Dogon tribe or is that another tradition? That's uh yeah, that's another tradition. Uh, mm-hmm. in Burkina Faso, which is north of Ghana, there's a group called the Dagara, and I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it correctly. But uh, there are actually were two scholars that lived in America for a long time that were a part of this that came from that country. And one of them was a woman, Sobonfu Somme, and she wrote a book called The Spirit of Intimacy. And the book is all about intimacy, but it's also all about community and life purpose. And she does this like incredible job in these very small snippets of information of sharing with you how significant you are in the universe and she shares a lot of the rituals that their community does when a child is born Mm -hmm. and how they create a sacred space in the community you know altar that represents that child and they welcome that child's spirit into the world and so I'd at some point in life even as a teenager 
I'd fallen in love with this idea of having a purpose, having meaning. And that might, that probably has a lot to do with my mom and her connection to spirituality. And so as I grew older and started reading about purpose in various ways, and just sort of understanding that people have a, a reason for being in the world. When I got to this book, I was like, oh, and the way she talked about relationships, she talked about each person having a purpose and then how when the two of them come together, this new thing is born and that this intimacy between them has to be nurtured and, and that the whole community wants the relationship to thrive, right? So it was so beautiful that I, I, I've read the book, I've, you know, had all of my little tabs, you know, to remind yeah. me, go look at this. Anytime anyone got married, I'd go find a quote from the book about marriage or something. Somebody was thinking about purpose. I'd go find a quote. And then I discovered that that same line runs right through that same area. Yes. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was very much drawn to these teachings. These teachings, though, for me, they guide my work. They guide the work that I do mm -hmm. in the world. Because when I'm working with clients who are burned out, have, have lost the sense of fulfillment, right? So they've lost touch oftentimes with their purpose, with what they really value about their work. Or sometimes they're so stressed out that they just don't have access to their, you know, what's deep within, what's, guide, what's guiding their work from deep within. This reading, right, from Burkina Faso, right, this, this book guides my thinking around. So how do I help them remember this beautiful inner wisdom that's in them so that they can always have access to it. So I was like, I've been using this philosophy. And now I, I get another reason, right? I get mm -hmm. this whole sort of like how this connects to, well, when you were born, the way all the lines, you know, organized <laughs> around the world, you were connected to this place where this philosophy lives. And mm -hmm. Like you were destined, you were destined to connect to this philosophy in some way. And it's wild. In some way. It's like yeah. wild, totally wild. Yeah. So, and I noticed that you also have your, your Pluto energy there, which is related to, also MC related to like your future and your career. And the Pluto is all about transformation and it, it just makes complete sense. It just, it's so I think for me, Melissa, it's this, like, even, even coming to you, one of the reasons, you know, to get a reading like this for me is to be in touch with myself as a part of something greater, right? Mm -hmm. And to understand how, like, each of us has a significant role to play in the world. So just recognizing that even the way we enter the world is a part of us being who we came to be. We enter the world at a certain time in a certain place. And they are, of course, you know, the moon is here, the sun is there, and we're a part of this whole big picture. So it makes us, I mean, I think it, it humbles me. At the same time, it excites me to just recognize how many wonders we can experience when we just trust the path that we're on. We trust our connection to something greater. And it's so beautiful. And I've, I've recommended after, after we spoke, we had, we had dinner and, and you, and you talked about connecting to all these energies through crystals. You had a uh -huh. bit of, you had like a little altar space or like you can just reach out and like yeah. connect to your Venus yeah. energy, your moon energy. Talk a little bit about how you've done that and nurtured these energies. Yeah. 
So, so, so the one that surprised me that I wasn't expecting because I'm as a planet, I have this, I love Jupiter. There's something about Jupiter. I don't even really know how to tell you, but there's something about this whole idea of a beneficent energy that wants to support your growth and expansion. Like this just benevolent energy of the universe that's like, I'm here to help you grow and expand. So that whole idea is it just it warms me, right? There's a sort of sense of warming in my heart, kind of considering that there's a there's a resonating force in the universe that that rep- that's that energy, right? So when I learned that it was my Jupiter was in its zenith in Australia, I would never, never, that I would have never guessed, right? So I said, okay, well, let me see where that is. Okay, Queensland, Australia. Well, you know, I've thought about going to Sydney before because that's that's the one city we we hear most about, right? But I, and I had a friend who traveled to Australia. I had a, known a little bit about women's mysteries and rituals around Australia, but Mm -hmm. I would never have known this. So when I learned that I had this Jupiter energy at it, like at strong right there, like, yeah. And, um, here I am like looking for ways to share my message in a, in a way that it feels benevolent and healing and like a source of growth for people. Mm -hmm. I learned that there are these, this stone called Yoa nut opals, and they're from this region of Australia. <laughs> I don't even know how I found them. I just googled something. I so said, did so did you find the opal first, or or did you figure out that connection afterwards? Afterwards, like uh-huh. after I talked to you and I saw yeah. this, I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. So this is a, this is about Jupiter, and I was like, I love Jupiter. You know, I love the whole idea of Jupiter. Yeah, the abundance, the manifestation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like the whole abundance, manifestation, the, the sort of just benevolent support, right? Because just, you know, just think about how how much of the time we can feel stressed and pressured mm-hmm. and, oh my God, I, I love my job and I hate my job at the same time, right? right? But to sort of allow yourself to come into this space of there's a benevolent, abundant force that's here to support me. That's That's what Jupiter feels like to me. Right. So I was like, oh, let me see if there's something from here that I could get. And that's how I learned about these little opals. <laughs> and, and so I went on, on Etsy and found several people who sell these opals. And then I found this one. I was like, that one. It's a triangle. It's a triangular shape. And at the back of it, and it when you move them, Right. They just look like little brown stones, but then you move them, you see all these little like bursts of light moving through them. Right. They're quite, they're quite intriguing. Right. Yeah. And so I found this one that was a triangle and I was like that because me and a pyramid get along really well. Right. So I was like, let me get this shape. And yeah, so I still am looking for someone who can mount it for me into a, a necklace, but I found that and I have also have some smaller stones that I can make, you know, a bracelet from. So it actually brought me into a relationship with a whole nother stone that I didn't know very much about, but I like the energy of it. 
and it and in relationship with with Australia too, like connecting you to that to that Jupiter energy. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that I yeah I constantly tell my my clients like, hey, you could work with you know jewelry or crystals to bring in that energy without having to travel to that place. So I love that. And you mentioned also Egypt. Uh, I was in Egypt back in July and August or around the the Lion's Gate. What is your your deep connection there? I know it's it's with with Sirius and and I yeah, that, me, me swimming yes. with the with yeah, the dolphins. Whole- yeah, me swimming with the dolphins and they're you know supposedly from Sirius, right? Either A or yeah. B, but that was that yeah, that was a a transformative trip for me that was egypt i've been to egypt three times i think Mm -hmm. and i went again because of this wanting to connect to the african continent and reclaim this heritage that you know you don't get as a black person in america Mm -hmm. right and so i went there and I also studied with, um, we had, at the time, we had a Black woman living in my town who was, at that time, known as the only Black woman Egyptologist. And she taught you to read Medonetra, which is called hieroglyphics, but the original name of the language is Medonetra, which if we were to translate it to English would be word of God uh, or word of Netra, right? And Netra is the oneness. Netra is the the energy of all the things working together, right? All the grass and the ocean and the dolphins and the people and everything. And so, you know, studying with her, I could go and I could actually read some of what was on the walls. So that was a connection. And then beginning to learn the philosophy, the over, what's the main philosophy of ancient Kemet or now called ancient Egypt was Ma'at. Mm-hmm. And that's the philosophy that actually guides my work. But it's what's interesting about it is like when you talked about the whole idea of Sirius, because there is a very deep connection to the star Sirius in ancient Egypt as well. Ma'at is the force that allows everything to work with everything else, mm-hmm. to be in harmony, to exist as it's in its full self, and yet be in harmony with everything else existing in its full self, right? Which is what we need when we are feeling like, oh, I'm a mom. Oh, I'm a yogi. Oh, I'm a CEO. Oh, I'm a this. Oh, I'm this. And so Ma'at says it's the harmony. This is this energy that brings, makes it all feel like it, you know, helps it all work together. So there are some lines over there in that area. I'm I'm looking at them right now and I was going to mention them. But I'm yeah. guessing you were down in like the Luxor area because in the in the Aswan, would, like the Nubian area, you have Pluto energy related to transformation. Yeah, for yourself. Yeah. So I literally, I'll tell you, that's interesting. I had not looked at that, but mm. from Cairo to Luxor to Aswan, those are the three places that mm. I went each time. I, I think I only really only went to Aswan once. But Cairo and Luxor, I went like every time I was there. Yeah. I'm looking at the Alexandria area, like the Cairo area. That's mm-hmm. where you have three energies. You have Jupiter for yeah. for future. And then for self, it's self-love, self-healing, and also transformation in that Cairo area. Yep. And I have to tell you, it was absolutely transformative for me as a person. 
you know, there's this process of falling in love with who you are mm. in the world. We, we literally, I think life, part of our lives is about falling in love with who we are. And when I say that, I don't mean that in a way of like, we, we become arrogant and self-important, mm -hmm. but we come to fully embrace all of us, you know, whether it's like, oh my God, I got this bad knee. Oh my God, I got this. And oh my God, I'm so good at this art or I'm so good at this speaking, right? All of us to, to just come to this place of truly loving and moving into accepting, fully accepting who we are. And I would say that that, that Egypt helped me do that in ways I can't even describe for you. I had clothing made there. And like for years, my summer wardrobe was all things that I got made when I was in different parts of Egypt. We met some tailor and every time we went, we would get like these little clothing, little outfits made. I had shoes and bags, you know, leather, but it was really not so much those things, but the energy of being in this place that as the scholar I studied with Sister Ketty Amen, right, she writes that Kemet had 10,000 years of recorded history. Mm. So when we talk about the pyramids that have existed for some thousands of years it's it's being in the energy of on the african continent and recognizing this continuity that has existed for thousands and thousands of years so you know because as as a black person in america you don't get the message that there's anything ancient about you you get the message that you come from these kind of backward people who were brought here and enslaved and we tried to straighten them out so that they would be functional in society, right? right? And to go to the continent, you recognize, oh, that's not my story. So absolutely Egypt was a space of transformation. That's not my story. Oh, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. My whole my story is something else, right? Yes. So no, so yeah, it's like it brings a new level. Like for me, it was one of those places that helped me really fall in love with my own story really embrace my whole story and understand it in ways that nobody could define what it means to be me, right? Like to allow me that, that kind of self-determination that I actually get to define myself. So that was definitely a point of transformation for sure. Right. And allowing you to rewrite the history that you grew up. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so, so powerful. Or, I would say the lack of history. <laughs> the lack of history. Exactly. Right. It's just complete, <laughs> yeah. completely severed. And going back to, yeah, these ancestral connections, you also spoke about Brazil. Uh, you have your moon and your sun energy there. And that is, <laughs> that's another wild connection. <laughs> that is so wild just yeah my sun and moon energy there and i was actually born on a on a new moon so my sun and moon were together you know mm. the moon and sun were conjunct yeah. in my astrological chart right and i think i've loved astrology since I, since i was a college student so just it just intrigues me right it just intrigues me this idea which many traditions te teach like Taoism says we're all a part of nature right mm -hmm. so this whole idea that something about the way the planets are and about is connected to my life. It, and not like I'm fortune telling, because I don't see it as fortune telling. I see right. it as this kind of opening me to these possibilities. And it's all about observation too, right? Observing the planets yeah. and how it affects, you know, our, 
our being. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all in a, they're always in a dance with each other, mm-hmm. right? Just, just watching this dance they're doing. Right. Exactly. And recognizing because the universe is always moving. We can always shift and change too. Mm-hmm. But Brazil, how did I get to go there? It was a year we were going to the continent. We were going to that year. We were going to. You said it was 1994, right? Zimbabwe. Yes, Zimbabwe. We were going to Zimbabwe. I want to say Brazil was, yeah, something like 94. But I'm I'm going to, I might screw up the dates right now. (laughs) But (laughs) anyway, going to Brazil, I wasn't, we were on our way to the continent. And there was, Somehow there was a connection between going through South America was easy. It was like more affordable for us to go this way. So we said, well, we have to go this way. Then we may as well like go through Brazil and stop over because there's Brazil was, has been known as having the largest group of people of African descent outside of the continent of Africa. Right. Right. So, and of course, you, you know, this rich, this culture, you know, there's, there's still the Yoruba tradition that's very alive in Brazil. And the the deity that's very revered in Brazil is Yemanja, or some people will say Yemaya, the the deity in in the West that's known as the deity of the ocean. Mm. So I go and I get these. There's some vendor who's selling these paintings and I'm drawn to these paintings. Turns out these paintings are like paintings of a ritual to Yemanja. I didn't know at the time. Right. But when I started studying Yemanja in the late 90s, I was like, Oh, I get it. Right. I was drawn to this. Now I learned that this is the deity that guides me. One of the main deities that guides me. And I was drawn to this like years ago. I didn't even recognize. So. Yeah. So not only that, like this sun moon connection there, but also, you know, this very ancestral connection is there. So, again, this Yoruba culture from the continent of Africa, spreading across the diaspora. And that even when I didn't understand it, I didn't understand why I was drawn to these paintings of these women dancing in these white outfits in a circle. Something in me knew, right? Something in me understood it. That's that inner wisdom that, that is in us. That's, that's always bringing us to things that will support us. Mm. So I've had these paintings mounted in my home for a long time but you know they were literally just paintings on canvas but i but i realized that this moon and sun energy was also mc which once again connects you back to your future your career and and yeah the fact that you're you still have them and and you refer back to them and refer back to that tradition the the yoruba tradition yeah and that tradition guides also a lot of my thinking about how to help people right Because one of the things I've learned from that tradition is the importance of balance, again, masculine and feminine balance, but also the importance of women in society. So, for example, there is there's a verse that says, give honor to your mothers. And I'm I'm not quoting it directly, but honor the women who are your mothers that know you before you were even called human being. So we all have to grow in a womb. We all grow in a mother's womb. And so there's this knowing that women have of each person because they we come through our mothers. And there are other verses that speak about respecting the presence of a woman 
even if she is the only one, that her voice is significant and must be heard. She must be included in making the plans for building and, and sustaining society. So, you know, in my work, my whole thing is like sustaining women. How do we sustain women? Because we understand women as significant to pillars and builders and creators in society. So that work, right, those, those verses, those ideas from Yoruba tradition guide my thinking. So helping women see this in themselves, even when they're in the midst of burnout, how do we start the recovery so that they can really get to and center themselves deeper in, you know, the richness of who they are? Yeah. That's so beautiful. And you you also mentioned about the oneness, the idea of oneness of community in Africa and how that feeds into the work that you do. And, and just those quotes themselves, right? Including women to be part of the community. Yeah, I love that so much. So what came first? Did learning these traditions and going deeper into these ancestral connections come first? Or did you go into um, into psychology around the same time? I would say it was probably when I was a college student that I first started learning about African traditions. But my mom, you know, as a kid, she would be like the one person in my family talking about being African. And, you know, everybody in the family was like, no, we were born in America. Right. Right. But so she stirred something in us. And so by the time I was a college student, I became a member of an African dance group. And my brother became a drummer in that group. So then we started to learn about, because the, the, literally the, the, the men who were leaders of the group were like from Ghana and Nigeria. Mm. And they actually taught us a lot of the dances too. So, I mean, I think the fire was lit as a child. But then once the fire is lit, like your parents light fires for you. Right. But then you keep stoking them. You keep stoking them. So, you know, I went to Spelman and was fortunate to study. We had a philosophy professor who started introducing us to ancient Egypt and this sort of hidden history that we, none of us knew anything about. So from that and learning these dances, it sort of grew. And I'll, I have to say that my desire to be a psychologist actually started in my grandmother's house because I used to watch soap operas with her. And there were always people going to the psychotherapist. And somehow something about that just like, yeah, people talking about their problems and getting better. And then I had this spiritual teacher that my mother introduced us to who started talking to us about your thoughts and how it's important to shift your thoughts so that you, you know, your thoughts are actually moving you toward what you want, not what you don't want. So all right. So this sort of combination of my mother and her commitment to Africa and spirituality and my grandmother just being herself, you know, because this was her joy. You know, every day she watched these soap operas. The little kids went to nap. But when I was older, I could stay up and mm -hmm. I could watch with her. Right. So, so, you know, that started. Right. And my family, you know, I grew up in, a, in community. So studying African tradition helped me to even understand my own upbringing and our commitment to community. So, so beautiful. And when was that transition when you went into coaching? Is that something that, are you leaving T 
teaching, you know, the uh, being a professor and, and moving more. teach. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, no, let me tell you, I don't even think, I think so much of teaching and working with students is coaching. Mm-hmm. Because so many times, like, you know, we right now in the world, our kids often don't get, they, they're taught, you know, to, to figure out, you know, what is the right answer. But they're not taught that they're the answer to something, right? So few of them are taught that. Yeah. There's a, a group that are taught, right? You are the answer to something. And we need to help discover that what that is. But many of them are just taught to figure out the answer that somebody else wants them to give. So I think from the moment I was a psychologist, from the first child I ever treated in psychotherapy, I always knew my whole job was really about how do I help these children and families make their lives beautiful? And how do I help them see that it is within them to do that, that that's not something that's outside of them. It starts inside. So that's what it's always been about for me. I don't know. I've been teaching college now for more than 20 years. But working with people, whether it's in an organization, I worked in the HIV AIDS epidemic. I trained healthcare providers all over the world around burnout prevention, burnout recovery, cultural competence. So now this is like all feeding. Interestingly, my work as I'm, you know, as I've created, you know, as I've created my own way of working with people, it blends all of those things. It blends my understanding of African tradition of Taoist tradition, of Qigong, of probably even Hindu, with all of the, and Buddhism, with this knowledge I have as a psychologist about how people work and what things help people to shift and create change so that they can be their best, right? They can, and even when we hit the bumps, we recognize we're in a bump. We know what our resources are. We know how to get to those resources. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's all come into this sort of one place, right? It's all, I've been able to, I feel blessed to be able to take all these parts of myself and now bring it to something that is my way of working, right? This is my way of working because I've been able to see the beauty in all these things. Right, it's like the culmination of all your work, just, just coming at this yeah, this peak. And my lived experience. Exactly. And that's the beauty of it. Even the work that I do, I I, I bring in my my lived experience, like where I've been and, and connecting like how I felt and in certain energies. And I love doing this podcast because it allows people to see through other people's lived experiences what it can feel to be in that energy. So I love that so much. And what other things have you, what other modalities have you dove into? You mentioned uh, yoga nidra, qigong, and how has that affected your work and how you work with your clients? So qigong, I I don't have words to express the blessing that has been in my life. Hmm. When I did that session with you, I learned that I have, is it a moon, icy line or something that's in China? You have Pluto energy there as well. Um, so that's MC. Yeah. So related to transformation to the future once again. Yeah. Absolutely. And this, you know, studying with my Qigong master is life changing. Just even the way I understand a problem, the way I understand a challenge or how I understand what, you know, how the forces of nature within us can help us solve problems, right? How we can, it's, 
all about going deeper into just knowing ourselves as energy beings. And that energy drives not only us, but it drives the whole universe and how a tree is happy to have us come to connect with that frequency that actually helps us manage stress, right? So Qigong is a gift that I often, I give clients, particularly there's a breath technique, a breathing technique I teach that helps to manage anxiety. And it's, it's so subtle. The practice is so subtle that this is something once someone knows that they can do it, even if they're in a meeting and they start to feel themselves get anxious or something, they can use it right on the spot to calm themselves. So there's that. And then I think Nancy actually introduced me. Uh, she was traveling here maybe about four years ago now. And we went to a yoga nidra together. And I was like, that is, I want to know that thing, right? Mm-hmm. It reminded me of a, of a, it's actually a much longer meditation journey. That's, that's a tradition in Trinidad, which I think traces back to something I learned about in ancient Egypt, but and their practice is called morning, but it's really, really deep meditation. So yoga nidra is this technique for moving us to this place where we're in deep, deep rest. Mm-hmm. And we know ourselves as we just come into a sense of our, our oneness. And there's a psychologist, Richard Miller, who's done lots of research that shows how this particular yoga nidra helps with healing post-traumatic stress, depression, anxiety, all of these things that we as psychologists want to help people heal. And so, again, these are ancient wisdom techniques that modern science has shown us actually also has, has also shown us help to help people to heal. Mm-hmm. And not just heal, but when I say heal, I don't mean like their wounds are gone and, you know, there might be a scar left. But I also mean there's something like in, in psychology, there are some psychologists who study what they call post-traumatic growth. So we hit, we hit this trauma point and we move through that experience. We find our resilience. And then after that experience, we also discover some way we grew. We actually discover wow, I lost something that I thought was really precious to me. Maybe could be that. But I also discovered this really wonderful part of me. I discovered this new thing. So I think for me, these traditions, you know, sharing these techniques with clients, right? I'm calling them techniques, but I see them as so much more. Mm. These tools, these these ways of living, because Qigong is such a way of living, right? It's like, you know, like I can sit in a meeting and do my Qigong practice. Like I can do my breath work, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody has to know what I'm doing because, because, but I know if I'm feeling something in that meeting, I want to calm myself. I can do this practice. So it's like studying these traditions helps you to see how to make this a way of life, not a thing you do, but a way of living, how to live in a way that resonates with your inner wisdom, with your spirit your rhythm that helps you stay in touch with you. So again, you know, back to the whole thing of how Egypt helped me fall in love with myself. And I see these as tools that keep me connected in that love relationship with me and what I'm doing in this life. So beautiful. So that leads us into how people can work with you. What are your current offerings? Yeah. How can people work with your magic? Yeah. Yeah. So I have one-to-one clients. I take a smaller number of those because I tend to be pretty hands-on with them. 
And then I have some VIP days that I offer where people might, the one I love doing is one called, it's a purpose clarity, activate your, your, the power of your purpose. And in that session, it's really about helping people come to that place within where they know who they are and they can get into this gift that can shine in their work, their families, the way they relate to themselves and the gifts they want to offer the world. So, you know, it's a beautiful practice that brings together all these elements of us. And for people to get to know me, I have a free gift called From Exhausted to Energize, Six Simple Strategies for Big Relief. And I have a Facebook group called Spark Soulful Success Collective for Women. Okay, amazing. And yeah, your website and also your Instagram will be in the show notes. So thank you so much. This this sparked a, a light bulb moment. I'm like, maybe I should do some VIP days with some people, right? Yeah, yeah. VIP days are great. They'll pick up, you know, crystals and, you know, like things that connect them back to to these energies. So I love that. Thank you so much for being on today. And remember, lineage goes beyond your ancestors. You are meant to connect to the cosmos so you may finally find your cosmic family. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Cosmic Roadmap. If you're curious about astrogeography and where you're meant to be on the planet, go to CosmicRoadmap.com to download your free Passport to Purpose. You can also book a session with me where we can explore your own Cosmic Roadmap and chart your next destination in business, love, and life.